We are seven months into the pandemic. How's your business? You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Your voiceover demos are your number one marketing tool, and you need to display them on your website in a way that works on any device or browser. VoiceSam is the player producers love. Plus, it offers tools that can improve your email signature, quickly create a one-page website, and much more. Sign up now at voicesam.com slash markscott and get three months of the bass player for the price of one. That's voicesam.com slash markscott for full details and to sign up. The Veopreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original Everyday Veopreneur. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Veopreneur podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, the original Everyday Veopreneur. The entire objective of this podcast is to give you a little bit of guidance on the business and marketing side of voiceover, and hopefully every episode does just that. Never want to miss an episode? Head to the website at veopreneur.com for a complete searchable archive of every episode. And of course, you can always subscribe wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. I also want to say thank you for taking the time to leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts. I love reading them, and they do help other people to find the show. So this week, I want to talk a little bit about COVID. We are seven months into the pandemic, and in the very early stages, back in March, I was doing some podcast episodes to give you some tips, some advice, some some insights into what I was doing in my own voiceover business as we guided our way through the early stages of a pandemic. And I don't mean to say that all of my advice was the best advice ever or that it was expert advice. I was learning just like you guys were learning. I was trying to figure some things out just like everybody else was trying to figure some things out. And my whole point in doing those episodes was, you know, just to give you another perspective to consider. If you weren't sure whether you should be marketing, what you should be saying, what was going to happen, what direction the industry was going to take. I mean, there was a lot of questions very early on. And some of those episodes were designed to help you navigate some of those questions. Now, here we are. It's seven months later, and things look a little bit different. And so I decided that maybe it was time to revisit the topic of COVID-19 and the voiceover industry and just give you a few things to consider, things that I've been thinking about and, and working through in my own business. A little bit of an update, I guess, and and let's determine whether or not there needs to be some changes in strategy. So the first thing on the list that I wanted to mention, if you're still starting every email with, I hope you're well and safe, I think that ship has sailed. Now, I never believed that that was the right strategy, and I was pretty vocal about that in the beginning, but I definitely don't think that it is the right strategy now. But let me expand on that just a little. If you receive a totally generic, unsolicited email from a complete stranger in your inbox, and that email starts with, I hope you're safe and well. Do you really believe it? Does it come across to you as sincere? Do you genuinely think that the person, the stranger that is sending you this email, has any consideration for whether or not you're safe and well? 
Or does it sound just like a generic message, somebody who's trying too hard? I think that you would agree that if you received that email, it wouldn't feel like sincere care. It never did, even in the beginning stages of COVID, which is why I never started my emails that way. I would end my emails with the statement, something like that, once I did my personalization in my introductory email and proved to them that this wasn't just a generic message, hopefully by that point, they trusted me enough to know that I was trying. And if I said, I hope you're well and safe or something like that, then it would come across a little bit more sincere. But starting every email that way, I never thought it was a good idea. And I still don't think it's a good idea. Unless dot, dot, dot. When you are sending marketing messages to your prospects and your clients, okay, so these are people that you already have some level of relationship with. Prospects are the ones that you've had some sort of positive conversation with, but you haven't had a chance to convert them yet. Your clients, obviously, the people that you're already working for. So you already have a relationship with them. There's, there's already been back and forth conversation. Maybe you've started getting a little bit more personal. It's not just exclusively about business. In that case, there are times when asking that question of whether you're well and safe is entirely appropriate. And now, more so, not just because of COVID. If you've got clients in California right now, checking in on them in the midst of the wildfire situation and asking if they're safe would be a perfectly legitimate reason for opening an email with that question. When the port explosion happened in Lebanon, uh, what was two months ago when that happened? I have clients that I work with on a regular basis in Lebanon, and I immediately reached out to them to make sure that they were safe. And it made sense because we've been working together for a long time and we have that relationship. So if you are going to do that kind of a check-in, asking if somebody's well, asking if somebody's safe, you know, that, that whole sort of thing, COVID or otherwise, I really think that it's important that before you do it, there is some level of relationship there if that is how you are going to start your message. But here's the other thing that you'll want to consider with COVID. The pandemic is still absolutely raging on. And that stands true whether you are in the United States or you are in Canada or you are in somewhere in Europe. And, and I want to make that very clear. The United States does not hold the market on COVID. It is everywhere and it is growing everywhere. In Canada, we thought we just about had it licked and now it's raging back again. So COVID is everywhere. But people are also tired of it. And you can be tired of it by pretending that it doesn't exist, but you can also be tired of it simply through mental exhaustion. It's a lot to deal with, right? It's We've been locked down for seven months. Life has not been normal for seven months. Most of us weren't able to do all the things that we wanted to do this summer. It's been hard, right? It's been hard. It's taken a toll mentally. It's taken a toll emotionally. It's taken a toll physically. And for that reason alone, there are a lot of people that just don't want to hear about it anymore. And starting every email with, I hope you're well and safe in this pandemic, is just another reminder of the misery that they've been living through for the last seven months. And so, in the beginning, 
that was part of the conversation. That's what a lot of people were doing. But now that we're seven months into this, I think the general attitude has shifted. And this is not about being a COVID denier. This is not about, you know, being a Republican versus a Democrat and our, our opinions on COVID. I'm not even American. This is just a reality of what is going on in the world and how the conversation is shifting because people are tired. People are exhausted. People are feeling the mental stress and strain. And anywhere that we can grasp even a slight level of normalcy, we are going to go after it and try to grasp it. And one place where we can find that is in our inbox. So the tip, if you're still starting every email with I hope you're well and safe, I think that ship has sailed. And I think that you need to be careful about how you use those types of phrases. And I think that there's ways that you use them in introductory emails versus the way you use them when you're reaching out to people that you already have a relationship. So keep that in mind. Which brings us to point number two, which I just briefly mentioned in point number one. Pay attention to the conversations. What are people talking about? How can you piggyback off of the conversations that are already happening as a way to get yourself into an inbox? Every email that we send doesn't specifically have to be about voiceover, right? That's something that I've talked about before when I teach marketing. Not every email is a pitch. Not every email is a sell. When you're communicating with your prospects and your clients, a big part of the reason why you're doing it is simply to stay top of mind so that when an opportunity does arise, you are one of the first people that they think of. So you're looking for ways to communicate with them, to stay top of mind with them. Not every conversation needs to be a sell. And that is where I encourage you to pay attention to the conversations that are happening. Early on in COVID, everybody was having the exact same conversation. We were all talking about the toilet paper shortage and reaching out to your clients or your prospects and maybe making a joke about something like that. That was relevant to the conversation that was happening at the time. Fast forward a couple of weeks, everybody in the whole world is learning how to bake bread, apparently. You know, first you went to the grocery store, you couldn't get toilet paper, but then you went to the grocery store and you couldn't get yeast or flour. The whole entire world was baking bread. And including that in the conversation, that was relevant because that's what everybody was talking about. One of the most successful marketing emails that I have ever sent in my entire career was sent, I want to say maybe late April or early May. And the subject line was, don't judge my Netflix. And the email was five shows that I was watching on streaming services right now, and it was written in a very comical way. And that email had the highest open rate that I had ever had on an email to clients and, and to prospects. It had the highest click-through rate that I had ever had on an email to clients and prospects. And it had the highest response rate of an email that I had ever sent to clients and prospects. And the reason? That's what everybody was talking about at that time. The whole world was literally sitting at home binging Netflix because we couldn't go outside. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. We didn't have to go to work because work was closed. And so literally everybody was sitting on their couch, eating their bread that they just baked, tweeting about the toilet paper that they didn't have while they were streaming something on Netflix. So paying attention to the conversations is a really great way to figure out what people are talking about and then bouncing off of that, piggybacking off of that to do some of your own marketing messages. I want to add a caveat to that. This does not include politics. 
I do not think that there is ever a situation where you should be writing an email to your clients or your prospects the morning after a presidential debate to share your thoughts on how the debate went. That, that's not the right conversation. But when everybody was talking about Cobra Kai a couple of weeks ago, I think that there's certainly a way that you could have incorporated that into the conversation because it felt like the whole world was watching Cobra Kai at the exact same time. A lot of people are talking about Halloween. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? I've been seeing so many fun videos of, of ways that people are coming up with to try to make trick-or-treating safe at their house. That's a very relevant conversation that's happening right now. That might be a way that you could piggyback into somebody's inbox. So think about those types of things. If you're trying to figure out how do I write marketing messages right now while still being sensitive to everything that is happening in the world, not knowing whether a company is open or closed or business is dropped off or whatever, pay attention to the conversations that everyone is participating in. And that way you know that when you send them something, it's still going to have a level of relevance. Number three on the list, is it okay to market? This is a question that I get asked all the time. And I understand where that question comes from because I openly admitted in the very beginning of the pandemic that I had sort of eased off on reaching out to new leads for a while. And that I was focusing on the people that were already in my database. I was doing a lot of effort focusing primarily on my prospects and my clients. I just, reaching out to new leads was very, it was a very, tricky thing at that point because you didn't know who was open, you didn't know who was closed, and you don't want to have that awkward conversation at all. But if I'm going to have it, I would much rather have it with a client that I have a relationship with than a lead that I don't know, right? There, there's a, a baseline for that conversation. But now I do think that it is okay to market yourself again. I think that, and, and not that you should have ever stopped, but so let me clarify that. I do think that it's okay to be reaching out to new leads again. But I also think that you need to be very strategic about the new leads that you're reaching out to. I think that you need to pay attention to sectors that are booming. I think you need to pay attention to industries that are experiencing growth right now. I think the e-learning genre is a really smart place to be marketing. I am starting to see a lot of stuff happening in the explainer video space again because that's something that is still very easily done from home and it doesn't require multiple people on set doing shoots with cameras and all of that sort of stuff. And so I think you got to pay attention to that. I think the commercial market, we're probably going to start to see a boom in the commercial market as we head towards the holidays. Commercials may be a little bit different this year than they've been in the past, but people are still going to advertise because people still want to sell stuff. They're still going to try to get you to buy all of your Christmas gifts. So I do think that it's okay to start marketing to new leads again. I do think that you need to be strategic about it. You still got to try to be sensitive. And look, the fact of the matter is, if you send enough emails, you're going to get into the inbox of some people who are not doing well right now. You're going to get into the inbox of some people whose business has not recovered, who maybe has been downsized. Maybe they've been furloughed. Maybe they've just closed the doors completely. And, and I've, I've had a couple of those emails. The best that you can do is to be sensitive, to be empathetic, Right. If they write you back and it's an angry response, like, how can you even be doing this right now? I've lost my job or whatever. You apologize. That's all. Don't get defensive. You apologize. You be human. But I do think that it is okay to market yourself again. And I have picked up some jobs from new leads that I have been reaching out to in the last couple of months. And so I say it with confidence. that If you're doing it strategically, I think it's okay to start marketing yourself again. Number four on the list, and, and this is a really big one, 
follow up on the projects that got shut down early, if you haven't done it already. I keep a, a running list of stuff that I've got out there as far as auditions and quotes and, and all of that sort of stuff. Projects that are maybe pending or projects that have been put on hold, you know, different things like that. Um, and I do that in my CRM. I do that in Nimble. And I know that this year that I have lost over $50,000 in voiceover work. And I mean, look, ouch, <laughs> like really, ouch, that hurts. That is the reality of the world that we have been living in. As businesses started closing early on, a lot of projects were getting shut down. You know, in April, in, in, in March and April and into the very early stages of May, I was going nonstop because everybody was trying to get as many things done as possible before they got shut down. Once the shutdown happened, though, a lot of projects got put on hold. Some of them have been put on hold permanently, as in deleted. Some of them are still on hold indefinitely, you know, to be determined. But I had about 50,000 in auditions and quotes that went out over the span of about three or four months that are still sitting either in limbo or they have been shut down. But because I have kept track of all of those quotes and all of those auditions and all of those projects from clients, I'm able to follow up every once in a while just to see what's going on. And it's absolutely worth it for a couple of reasons. One, because it is a great way to stay top of mind with your leads, your prospects, your clients. Two, because it shows them that you're still available and still working, right? The, the voice actors that just shut down themselves and, and stopped communicating, I don't know if you're still there. I don't know if you're still working. Did you get COVID? Have you, have you moved into a new career? Did you go find another job because you just needed to make some money? Like, I don't know. So the ones that are still staying top of mind, at least I know that they're still working. I wanted to keep myself top of mind so that my prospects and clients knew that I was still working. Now, a couple of those projects that, that got shut down early, it does look like they're probably going to pick up in the fall. And I'm very grateful for that. And I'm grateful that I'm going to have that opportunity because I continue to follow up. But I also know that the vast majority of those projects, man, I, I don't know. I, a lot of them I don't think are going to come back. But until I get a hard no, until I get told they're gone, I'm going to follow up. Because the reality is that my client, they want the project to go through just as badly as I do because they want to get paid too. So following up on something like that isn't necessarily going to upset them or frustrate them. They're kind of hoping that the same thing is going to happen. Now, does that mean that you follow up with it every single week for the next six months? Absolutely not. But every couple of weeks when you're checking in on them, can you ask about the project? Of course you can. So if you haven't done that, now might be a good time to do it just to see what's going on. Number five on the list, you got to get yourself fluent on LinkedIn. I'll tell you what, that has been, that's been the place. That has been my number one go-to place throughout this entire pandemic. I've always been a fan of LinkedIn. It's always been part of my marketing strategy, but more so since the pandemic hit. And here's why. LinkedIn is a network full of professionals looking to connect for professional reasons. And so even for the people who may have found themselves out of work, even for the people who found their companies slowing down or you know, production houses who all of a sudden had no more clients, they're on LinkedIn doing the exact same thing that you and I are doing on LinkedIn. They're looking for leads. They're looking for prospects. They're looking for opportunities. They're trying to create 
opportunities. And so when you connect with them on LinkedIn for that reason, as long as you're doing it in a professional way, then you're in because they're trying to do the same thing that you're doing. Don't be one of those people that just sends generic contact requests, you know, connection requests. Don't be one of those people that's constantly sending a pitch. Don't be one of those people that puts no effort into understanding the person and their business and whether or not they're even a right fit for you in the first place. But if you're using LinkedIn the way that it was meant to be used, there are opportunities there. There are ways for you to make money on LinkedIn. You need to get fluent on LinkedIn. And you also need to make sure that your profile is filled out fully and completely. A lot of people say, yeah, I got the all-star ranking. Well, there's there's a difference between having the all-star ranking and actually being an all-star. And, and what I mean by that is, if you have the necessary sections on your profile, you can get that all-star rating. But are those sections filled out in such a way that actually makes you worthy of all-star? That's a difference. I would encourage you to go to markscottcoaching.com forward slash LinkedIn. markscottcoaching.com forward slash LinkedIn. Uh, you got two options there. First, you can sign up for some free LinkedIn tips, just some things that I picked up along the way that I think are going to be very helpful to you, and you'll get a series of emails that are going to give you some of those tips. So that's option number one. Option number two, I offer a LinkedIn masterclass. It is a two-hour video class that is going to teach you everything I know about LinkedIn and everything that I am doing on LinkedIn. And you can sign up and get instant access to that two-hour video masterclass at markscottcoaching.com forward slash LinkedIn. So sign up for free tips. Check out the masterclass, markscottcoaching.com forward slash LinkedIn. It absolutely is worth it for you to be using that platform every single day right now. Finding new leads, sending out connection requests, establishing relationships, engaging with the people that are already in your marketplace, posting content that is relevant to them, keeping yourself front and center in your LinkedIn network is a solid strategy right now, seven months into this pandemic. And the last one, this is like a bonus tip that I wanted to throw in, but but I think it's really important. A lot of voice actors struggled really hard early on in this pandemic. Things were unfolding very quickly. Businesses were shutting down at a rapid pace. Countries around the world were going into full lockdown. We were experiencing an economic collapse, the likes of which the vast majority of us have never seen in our lifetime. And it was scary. And depending on where you lived, maybe there were government handouts or subsidies or uh, programs that you could get signed up for that were going to assist you. But for a lot of people, you know, you're kind of caught with your pants down, for lack of a better term. My wife is a teacher. When the schools got closed, she was out of work. But because she's a supply and not a contract teacher, she was, there was nothing for her. Like her paycheck ended in March. And we went from March forward without anything. Thankfully, there was a government program that she was able to sign up for. And that was a huge help for us because we had th some things going on at that time and we needed a little bit of extra money. I experienced a, a significant drop off in my own business. I've talked about that. You know, when you lose $50,000 worth of work, that's, you know, that's an annual salary for most people. That was a big hit for me in my voiceover business. And so... I know what it's like to experience the financial stress. I mean, we're, we're, we were in a renovation. Now we got a baby coming. We're back in another renovation because we got a baby coming. I feel the pressure. I, I know what it's like. 
I've been working super hard on my business to make sure that I am finding those clients and creating those opportunities for myself. But one thing that I have been reminded of in the midst of all of this is how important it is to have an emergency fund. I have a totally separate bank account that I funnel money into. And when business is going really great, I funnel a little extra money into it. When business is not going so great, I still try to funnel money in, maybe just a little bit less. But the point is, there's a bank account that is there that is building a fund so that if something really bad happens, we're going to be okay for a while. If my wife loses her job, we're going to be okay for a while. If I get sick, you know, that was one of the things that I kept thinking about. Okay, my wife is now out of work. I'm the primary income winner in the house. I'm the, I'm the only income winner in the house. If I got covid Because at that point, too, I was the only one that was leaving the house. My wife and my daughters were not going out. I was doing everything that needed to be done outside of the home. And that was something that weighed heavy on me. If I get COVID and I got to go into isolation for 14 days or I end up getting sick and I can't work, what are we going to do? And it gave me peace of mind knowing that there was a bank account with money in it that would cover us off for at least three months of expenses. If you do not have an emergency fund, I think that you are doing a disservice to your business, and I think that you are doing a disservice to your family, and I also think that you're doing a disservice to yourself because the stress of that, of not having it, it will weigh heavy on you. You know, a lot of people say that you should have at least three months of your expenses set aside in a separate bank account, and a lot of people will say back, that's impossible. It's not impossible. I've done it. If you're sifting aside a little bit from every booking, sifting aside a little bit from every paycheck, it'll take you a little while to build it up. But the whole idea is that you're not using it unless there's an emergency. And hopefully there's not emergencies all the time, right? So having that fund, it definitely was peace of mind. In the midst of all of the chaos that has been going on, not being able to see friends and family, not being able to go on vacation, not being able to go pretty much anywhere and do anything, not being able to go to voiceover conferences, missing out on Brisket 2020 with Uncle Roy, all of this stuff that is going on, my business, you know, losing opportunities, seeing a lot of projects get put on hold. All, I mean, there's, there is enough stress in our lives already right now. I didn't need added financial pressure. So knowing that that emergency fund was there just in case, it helped me sleep at night. And if we have learned nothing else in the midst of this pandemic, it is how fickle things can truly be and how in the blink of an eye, decisions can get made, circumstances can change, everything can get shut down, and everything is out of your hands. It's it's out of your control. So get that emergency fund. Start working on it now. Let me quickly recap. COVID seven months later. If you're starting every email with hope you're well and safe, I think that ship has sailed. Time for a new strategy. Pay attention to the conversations that are happening right now, not the political conversations, but use those conversations as a way to potentially get yourself into people's inboxes and to bring yourself top of mind. It is okay to be marketing yourself. It is okay to be reaching out and finding new leads right now. Be strategic about it. If you had projects that got shut down early or at any point during the pandemic, if you haven't followed up on them, 
it is worth following up. It's nothing more than a question, a question that is worth asking. If for no other reason than to give you closure on it, so you know that it's gone for good. Get yourself fluent in LinkedIn. It is a place where you should absolutely be spending time right now. MarkScottCoaching.com forward slash LinkedIn. Check that out. I'll put it in the show notes. MarkScottCoaching.com forward slash LinkedIn. Get an emergency fund. Start building it now. And I will tell you, it will give you peace of mind. If ever there is a situation where you find yourself in a place where you're going to need it. I know that we are all looking forward to that time when COVID is over. When we can gather back together as a, as a community and a family at VO Atlanta or at MAVO or at One Voice Conference, the Voice Arts Awards, you know, wherever it may be, we just want to hang out with each other. Brisket 2021, fingers crossed, right? I know it hasn't been easy. I know that it has created a lot of stress. I know that there has been a lot of frustration. I understand all of that. I've been there. I've experienced it all right along with you. But there are things that you can do to try to keep your business on track. There are things that you can do to maintain at least some sense of normalcy. That's what I want to encourage you with. COVID seven months later, I do think that we're going to be all right. Never want to miss one of these episodes of the podcast ever again. Make sure that you subscribe wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. You can say, hey Siri, play the Everyday Vopreneur podcast, and she will. You can also find any episode, anytime, fully searchable archives at vopreneur.com. Vopreneur.com. Thanks so much for listening, my friend. Catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Your voiceover demos are your number one marketing tool, and you need to display them on your website in a way that works on any device or browser. VoiceSam is the player producers love. Plus, it offers tools that can improve your email signature, quickly create a one-page website, and much more. Sign up now at VoiceSam.com slash Mark Scott and get three months of the bass player for the price of one. That's VoiceSam.com slash Mark Scott for full details and to sign up. That's a wrap. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.